This is Sports Jam, and I'm Doug Doyle. My guest today already has one of the largest social media followings for any NASCAR driver. Tony Bridinger is the first Arab-American female driver in the circuit's history. Tony, great to see you, and thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Hi, thank you for having me on. You have a super story to tell, both you and your twin sister, and we'll talk about her in a moment, but you are no stranger to the camera, that's for sure. You know, I've been watching your YouTube videos, looking at your social media posts, more than a million followers on TikTok. People are familiar with you. You are very comfortable with sharing your day and life with your fans. Why do you give them such an inside look? Yeah, I love being able to interact with my fans. I feel like social media is a big part of my life. That's why I also think my partnership with Trilla recently was a really great fit just because I love social media. I'm always on it and I love interacting with my fan base and growing it. I like having a fan base that's worldwide and just very diverse. Um, I think social media is a great great way to achieve that. One of the things I love about your videos is that, you know, you're just... You're just a, a, a regular person enjoying life until you get to the track, right? And then you can see the transformation once you start getting into your uniform and then getting into the car. So that's why I think people follow you because they see, you know, that you're a regular person who just happens to have unbelievable skills when it comes mm-hmm. to being a race car driver. So late last month, you just mentioned Triller announced that it's entry into NASCAR with a partnership with you. You're driving the number 25 Triller Toyota Camry after receiving and recently switching to Venturini Motorsports, a Toyota racing development team for the remainder of the 2021 season. How excited are you about this partnership with Triller? I'm very excited. I think this is a really great fit and a great opportunity for both me and Triller. Um, Triller is a social media platform that allows me to reach a large fan base and just be able to share my content and my story and my racing journey. Um, So I'm really excited for the partnership that we have. I think we're going to create really cool content on and off the track. Um, So it'll be very exciting. While she is a young driver, and forgive me for saying young because compared (laughs) to me, you're very young. But you're also the all-time winningest female driver in United States Auto Club, or USAC history, with 19 wins, a record that helped you move into NASCAR's ARCA Menard Series this year. So you've had great success. And it all started with a trip to Sonoma Raceway with your sister when you were both nine years old and your dad, Charles. Can you take us to the raceway? It wasn't a race car at that point. What was it? Um, It was a go-kart. We just started in go-karts for fun. Um, My dad didn't really mean to have us really get into racing aside from just going to the go-kart track that day. It was just supposed to be something for fun and kind of a one-day deal. And then me and my twin sister, Annie, both just fell in love with it. And we're like, we want to do this every single day. So my dad got us a go-kart and kind of just went off from there. We just traveled all over the country doing go-kart races. And I just knew that I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be a race car driver. Um, So I had my mindset at a very young age. Your dad wasn't necessarily thinking that you really meant what you what you were talking about, right? Oh, definitely not. I used to tell my parents all the time. And of course, they'd be like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, and cheer me on. Um, but I'm sure they thought it was just going to be a phase. And when it comes to you and your sister, she's in a lot of your videos. Obviously, twins, you're very close. Is that the reason or is it more than that when it comes to you and her? Yeah, I feel like we have a 
you know, really great bond just because we are twins. We grew up together. We're the same age. We pretty much did everything together. We went to every single race together up until she went to college, moved to Indiana. And then I decided to take my racing career to the next level and move to North Carolina. But up until that point, we pretty much did everything together. Um, so I'm still very close with her. I FaceTime her a lot and I beg her to come out to every single one of my races, but now she has a full-time job. So it's kind of hard for her to do that. Um, but yeah, it's always very comforting when she can make it out to the racetrack just because we share such a close bond. And she is a Purdue graduate now, but this weekend she's going to be on the track. Yes. Yeah. So she'll be racing this weekend. Um, so that'll be exciting. I get nervous when she races though. Um, I don't ever get any nerves or kind of that kind of stuff when I'm racing. Um, but it's funny if she's racing, I'll get nervous and get a little worried when I watch her, but I'm sure she'll be doing great. I've heard you mention uh, just in an interview that you had made a mistake on the track in one of your races. Would, would the average person know that? Only you would know that, right, inside the car? Yeah, I would say I'm pretty critical. I can point out a mistake that I make every single lap, even if that's my best time. Or even if I'm on pole, I'll be like, I could have did this better. I could have, you know, went into the turn differently here. So I feel like no matter what, I'm always critiquing myself. I don't care if I won the race or if I'm top of the board, fast lap time, I still have, you know, some type of correction to make. And I always want somebody to be able to correct me. That's a big thing when I'm with the team. I want somebody to be able to speak up and be like, hey, you need to do this better. Um, I think the worst thing is when people try to sugarcoat stuff. I'm like, we're not going to go anywhere or do any better if you do that. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, we're very critical, but I don't think an outsider or a fan would really be able to see all those little mistakes. I love when you say, once you put the helmet on, it doesn't matter if you're male or female as a driver, it's time to go. And everyone feels the need for speed. You know, you made history as NASCAR's first Arab American female driver, I'm sure you're tired of answering the question, but you embrace that and you accept that, right? And, and, and you are indeed a role model in so many ways when it comes to racing. Definitely. I, I didn't think that what I was doing was anything inspirational or different just because this is the life that I've been living. I've been doing this since I was nine. Um, so I really never, I don't picture myself as any different. I don't really necessarily put labels on myself. Um, but when people kind of gravitated towards my story, I started getting messages and people were reaching out saying that I'm an inspiration and just hearing my story inspires them. And I was like, oh, you know, I can actually do something with this. I kind of have a role to play. And I just think representation is so important. And that's also um, another reason why I like to use social media, because I just think it gets the word out there and it just helps show other young girls that, hey, you can do this. Can you share maybe since you are so active on these various platforms, uh, someone on the younger side who really touched you by, you know, by calling you an inspiration. Yeah. I mean, I get so many messages a day, um, especially on Instagram, a lot of DMS, and I try to answer as many people as possible. Um, but so many young girls will reach out and even, um, just people in general, even if they're not trying to get into racing or a sport, if they're trying to do something that's typically considered to be out of the norm. They'll be like, oh, you inspired me to do this because there's so many things in life where I think there's stereotypes set on them and some people are kind of worried to go into whatever it may be. Um, so I think if I can even, you know, help in the smallest way to kind of inspire them a little bit, that means a lot. So I love getting those messages.
watching videos of you driving, we feel like we're in the car, but I, I'm nervous because I, I don't know how you do that. When did you feel comfortable to be able to race in the big time? Um, I think it's all just, you know, it's been a process. There is times in a race where I'll get anxious like this past couple weekends, you know, going into these big races, I was a little bit more anxious, but I don't think it goes into being nervous. It's more like, okay, like, let's get going. Let's get this started. Um, but for me, as soon as the engine's on, I don't feel any sort of nerves. It's really just, you know, leading up to it when you're waiting around, waiting for that green flag to drop. But for me, as soon as the engine's on, even ever since I was a kid, it just, you become so hyper-focused and all the nerves just erase. It's like a, um, a switch just flips in your head. Even though we're thrilled that you're here on Sports Jam, you know you've made it when you've been on Ellen, and, <laughs> right? You know that you're a star and you know that people care. And after your 18th place finish at the Daytona International Speedway, she had you on the show and you're one of 10 females competing across NASCAR races this season. But you were so funny on that show and you talked about you struggle with directions. Yeah. Tell us about yes. that. I always say it's a good thing I turn left because I'm pretty bad with directions. Probably have to get on a road course at some point next year. So I'm going to have to study that um, little track map. Ellen gave me a GPS. So I'm like, maybe we'll just put the GPS in my car. Um, but yeah, nobody ever lets me drive on the road. I'm a safe driver. I just I get lost. I'll miss my exit. I'll be like, oh, oops, I made the wrong turn and add just like five minutes to our route. Um, so yeah, my friends don't really ever let me drive. <laughs> so we are where the cars are impounded right now. We have a little bit of a rain delay, but we're starting as scheduled. So it's really good because it was pouring like an hour ago, but the track is drying nicely. The sun's coming out. And we're going to go racing soon. So we get a chance to see what you eat, how you interact with your family, how you interact with your team during the, these videos. Is there anything we're not allowed to see? I'm pretty open with what I share. I think the only thing that I'm careful of is in the shop, like showing setups or showing little parts about the car that will kind of give other teams a hint at what we're doing. Um, that's kind of the only thing that's off limits, um, like notes that the team has and just setups and all that kind of stuff. Um, but other than that, I'm pretty open and I just, I like to be able to share, you know, my racing, but also outside of racing and give people that kind of behind the scenes look um, on race days and just my life in general. What do you want to tell us about your team? Um, yeah, I'm very excited about the team that I just joined with. They're very successful. They're a Toyota development racing team. Um, so it's very exciting. And I'm Think we're going to do really well this season they have already coached me a lot even just by doing one race with them and i feel like you know we're going to grow a lot this season with them um so it's exciting and i have teammates and i didn't have that before so it's kind of nice to have some team members on the racetrack because when you're on these big tracks like daytona talladega it's nice to have that little buddy to draft with um so i feel like that kind of hurt us a little bit um earlier this year when we raced at those tracks just because i didn't have that buddy and i didn't really know any of the other drivers just being a rookie um, so I'm excited to have teammates and just to be on this team. So you talk about the drafting and, you know, some people who might not be familiar with what's going on on the racetrack. Can you explain how that can help and how having a team member on the track can be really advantageous to even propel you to a victory? Yeah, so drafting's pretty crazy, especially on these big tracks like Daytona, Talladega, when you're on these super speedways. Drafting makes the biggest difference in your speed. If you're by yourself just out there and there's two cars drafting or four cars drafting together, 
they will blow right by you and you probably can't even get behind them. They'll just pass you. Um, so it's all about aerodynamics and it comes into play a lot when you're on these bigger tracks. So if you don't have a teammate and you're trying to make a move and nobody's going to go help you out, if you're trying to make a pass or anything, um, you'll just drop like a rock. It's pretty crazy. So it's definitely important to have those teammates or those buddies on the track that will help you out in those situations. We always hear about athletes watching game film. How much film do you watch about your racing and, and how much, you know, go into the room and, and, and have the team say, you know, break down by frame by frame. You made this, you know, right move. You made it, you may, you know, you drafted well here. How, how often yeah. does that happen? Um, a lot, actually, personally for myself, I watch racing videos every day. Um, this upcoming race that I have will be at Springfield. Um, so I'm just watching that race since they've been racing there for many years. I'll watch, okay, 2019's race today, 2018's race the next day. Um, so for me, I'm always watching races, taking notes. And then my team's really great with notes too. Um, on the simulator, we'll go on there. We'll take a bunch of notes and they're very detailed with data, um, which is very cool and interesting to look at. Cause I feel like sometimes you'll do things and not recognize that you did it, but it's like the data shows it. Um, so it's very interesting once you kind of deal with data, but yeah, I'm always taking notes. I think it's very important just to show up to the racetrack as prepared as possible. Um, just cause sometimes we don't get practice Talladega. The first time I was on the track is when they dropped the green flag. I had no practice up until that time. Um, so yeah, definitely want to show up nice and prepared. speaking with a super talented NASCAR driver, the rookie driver, Tony Breidinger here on Sports Jam. You mentioned simulator. Are you a gamer? Um, I'm not much of a gamer, but I do have an iRacing simulator. Um, so I have one in my apartment um, and basically I'll go on iRacing. They have a lot of the tracks there and they scan the track. So it's pretty, pretty damn close to the real thing. If there's a bump in the track, you're going to feel it on the simulator. Um, so for me, that's a great tool that I use. And then also the manufacturers out here have these multi-million dollar simulators that are really crazy. Uh, so I've been lucky enough to go on Toyota simulator. Um, and that's a crazy, crazy experience to go on there. Um, so those are really great tools. I think it just, you know, helps getting that seat time since you can't actually always go to the track. I want to know when you go to a party or you go to a, you know, a friend's get together and somebody new is there and they meet you and you tell them, well, I'm a NASCAR driver. They probably, do they believe you? Um, honestly, I kind of try not to say that if I'm meeting somebody, especially when I was visiting my sister in college, I would just be like, oh yeah, I'm her twin sister. And I wouldn't mention it. I just feel like that's a weird thing to be like, oh, like I'm a race car driver because most of the time they'll just expect your student or something. And I think it just kind of, I've told people before and they thought I was like joking and they laughed. I'm like, okay, this is like super awkward. Um, so I kind of just try to say something else. I'll say that I do a lot of like marketing or social media since that does kind of go along with racing. But um, I don't usually tell people unless it gets kind of weird that I'm not telling them. They're like, what's she trying to hide? Um, but yeah, I try not to mention it too much. <laughs> Maybe this has changed, but I understand Jimmy Johnson is one of your favorites. Is that still the case? Yeah, so he's no longer racing in NASCAR, but he's still a favorite for sure. Three car breakaway, three wide into turn three. Everybody wants the fourth spot, but Jimmy Johnson, the all-time winner at Dover, it's over. Ten wins for Johnson. So what is it about Jimmy Johnson, even though he's not on the circuit anymore, that you liked about his driving? 
Uh, I mean, he's a seven-time champion, and he's just incredibly talented. To even achieve half of what he's done, I think, would be really incredible. Um, but, yeah, if I had to sit down and talk with any driver, I would just choose him because I just want to pick his brain and figure out what he does at every track and just try to take notes and learn as much as I can from him. So somebody might say, why a male driver? Isn't there a female driver out there that, you know, that you idolize? Um, really Danica Patrick is probably the most notable female driver that made it up through the ranks. Um, I don't think a girl has really been as successful or, um, has had as much, um, wasn't as notable as her. So I think she definitely paved the way the most out of any other female. Um, so I definitely think, you know, she's somebody that I looked up to when I was younger, but, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of girls and females in the sport, but kind of my age, so I'm not going to really look up to them because we're kind of competitors. Um, so that yeah, I think that's kind of why I don't have a female to look up to. Uh, but yeah, I think it's important to kind of lift up the females that are in the sport and kind of work together. Um, so I try to be friends as, with as many of them as possible. Are you superstitious? What's with number 25 now for Triller, your number on your car? Does that, does that have any significance for you? Um, that's my team owner's number. So I didn't choose that number. Um, so it doesn't really have significance to me, but I know it does to the team. Maybe it'll be the amount of championships you eventually uh, win. Oh, that'd be good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's also a sport where you can stay in the sport for a long time. Have you thought about that? Having a long career with NASCAR? Definitely. I think, you know, I'm going to go with wherever life takes me, but I do want a long career. If I'm racing in my forties, then cool. I'm racing in my forties. Um, but I think it's kind of just wherever life takes you and I don't plan too far in advance. I kind of keep my plans to more of like a five-year plan. Um, but even then, like, I feel like, you know, it's good to have goals for yourself, but if you're not like hitting those goals at the exact time that you wanted to, um, just don't get sidetracked by that and don't let that kind of discourage you. Hillsboro, California, where you grew up. Have you gone back to the go-karts at all since you've, you've become big time just to reminisce a little bit? Uh, I did a little bit. I haven't been out to Sonoma Raceway, which is where I started racing in a little bit, just because I'm out here in North Carolina. Um, but they have a go-kart track that's like half an hour from me. So I try to go up there as much as I can, because it's still a lot of fun. I think go-karts is still a great way for training. It just keeps keeps you sharp, keeps you sharp mentally and physically. Um, so I try to use that as much as possible for training. What an inspirational story, because, you know, I, I just think how many people have gone on a go-kart, right? Yeah. And a young kid going, oh, I love this. I'd love to do this. And, you, you know, the parents would go, well, yeah, right. You know, yeah. just, like, just like your dad did, right? He yeah. said, you know, this wasn't going to happen, but you've made it happen. Now you have a number of events coming up here. Can you run down some of them that, where we can see you? Yeah. So my next few big races, I have two dirt races coming up. One is on the 22nd at Springfield. um, And the next one is a couple weeks after that DeCoin. I have no dirt racing experience. I'm excited for these. I think it'll be a new challenge for me. Um, And then later, a little bit more in the fall, I have Kansas and Phoenix races. And I always post on my social media when a race is coming up and where you can tune in to watch those. So how can people find you? You're everywhere, but where do you want yeah. them mostly to, to find Tony Breidinger? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere. Trailer, we're going to be dropping a lot of cool content on that. You can find me at Tony Breidinger on there. Um, Instagram, I'm always posting on that at Tony Breidinger, Twitter, YouTube. Um, honestly, I'm everywhere. If you type in my name, I'll probably pop up on that social media platform. 
Speaking of platforms, what would it mean to be at the top of the platform at a Daytona race or another big time race for you? And is it a possibility this year or next? That would be wild. So Daytona would be next year, be the first race of my season. And if I won that race, I'd honestly probably cry. I'd be so happy. (laughs) So that'd be pretty surreal. Um, But yeah, let's see if we can make it happen. Take all of the speed limit signs away. You can drive as fast as you want. I understand you can go as much as almost 200 miles an hour, right? On the track. Yeah. So at Talladega, Daytona, we got up to 185 miles per hour. All right. So you can go 185 anywhere you want. Take away the speed signs, take away all the troopers, the police cars. Where would you like to head with your race car? If you could just keep going, is there a destination that you would just love to drive to and then maybe just get out and enjoy yourself? Um, I drive a lot. I go on a lot of road trips. I feel like I've done pretty much everything. I went from North Carolina to California and back. I don't want to do that again. So I wouldn't do that. Um, the only place that I haven't been is North. So I think I would just drive like straight up North. That's really the only place that I haven't been up to yet. And just kind of explore out there. We haven't mentioned mom though. Mom's also uh, a big part of videos and things that you do. Tell us about mom. Yeah, so my mom was born in Lebanon, and um, she moved to America pretty much to chase that American dream and to kind of uh, see what kind of opportunities she could have out here and just kind of have a different life. Um, So she's a big part of my life. I talk to her literally every single day. We'll FaceTime. Um, I don't really get to see her that often, especially with COVID. She hasn't been able to travel to my races. Um, So I'm hoping next year she could hopefully come out to a few, but she's definitely my biggest cheerleader and supporter, 100%. Nobody's a bigger fan than her. That's wonderful. And just the last question, COVID, NASCAR was one of the first sports to actually get back into performance because of the situation with social distancing and that. So you were able to take advantage of being a a driver during COVID time. So how did that whole thing impact you? Yeah. So with COVID, you know, obviously we had to wear masks and, you know, practice social distancing. Um, And it changed our schedule a little bit. Usually our race weekends would be, we'd be out there for three days and it'd be a lot more spread out, but now our schedule is very condensed and that's why we don't get as much practice, um, which for me kind of hurts my performance a little bit, just because I feel like as a rookie, I don't have these experience at these tracks. So you have a little bit less time to learn. So it's kind of like playing catch up every weekend. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think they're restricting us a little bit more again, um, saying we have to wear masks when we're indoors, which I think is, you know, the correct move to do right now. I think, um, I think that's still important. And for me, you know, when I'm interacting with fans, I still make sure to wear a mask still. Social media, it has become good and bad for people, but you've used it for the good, right? What do you want to say about how people are interacting? Uh, are they being responsible enough or are you getting, you know, good messages with your fans? Yeah, I think I have a great fan base and a great following of very supportive fans. Uh, So I receive a lot of great messages, but also, you know, there's always going to be the negative ones. Um, So I think for me, I try to focus on the positive ones, but sometimes, you know, it is important to log off and kind of just take time away from social media just because those negative comments could, you know, impact your mental health. And especially on race days, I feel like I need to be at the top of my performance and completely entirely focused. Um, And confidence is a big thing in performance. If you're not confident in general, you're not going to perform well. Um, So for me, you know, on race days, I try to get as much content as possible, but I won't be on my phone directly. I just get the content and I'll post it after the race. I just try to stay as focused as possible. Um, So I think it's important just to find that balance. 
So last question, did that confidence come from both mom and dad? Um, yes, I feel like I've learned different things from my mom and my dad. They're two very different people. So I feel like I've learned different things from both of them. My mom's definitely more of a cheerleader. Um, anything I do, my mom's going to tell me I'm doing great at it. Um, and my dad's kind of more, he's a little bit harder, especially with coaching and, you know, growing up, he was kind of like my coach and racing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think he kind of, it's more like tough love from him, but, um, yeah, they definitely both taught me confidence. Well, good luck this weekend to your twin sister, Annie, and of course, continued success to you. You are an inspiration to so many, and you are a rising star. I mean, you are just like catapulting in NASCAR and in race car driving at the age of 22. You know, continued success, and we hope to see you on the podium, hoisting a trophy to the race that means the most to you. Tony Breidinger, thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios podcast. You can check out all the shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam or find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts and on iTunes. Special thanks going out to Joe Favorito for hooking us up with Tony Brininger. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.